India, I have some bad news. Which is? You know how I feel about ice. Yes. It's very important. The ice machine just died. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. The Parker gets it. Parker just threw his hands on his head. There is a, an ice machine here at 710 that I love. It makes pellet ice, and it's wonderful. And it's been here a very long time. And I look for every day I come in here, I know I'm going to get a couple cups of coffee. And then after that, I'm going to hammer through a bunch of ice water because it's got pellet ice, which I love. Okay. You are, I, I think most people would agree around the station. I've heard Greg say it before, Amanda used to say it all the time. You are among the lowest maintenance employees here. I think that's true. Certainly among the 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 talent, you may be the lowest maintenance person. Here. Probably. I imagine if there is an ice machine <laughs> replacement, you are going to be heavily involved in the process because you are going to insert yourself in there. I, I walked over there. I hit the button to fill up my mug with uh, pellet ice, and it, it dropped like eight or ten little cubes in there, and then it made this horrific grinding noise and then just shut down. Like, how angry are you going to be? If they bring in a substandard ice machine as a replacement without speaking to you about it first, it would be disappointing. Look, I, there, I, like you said, I don't ask for a ton. I, I I would like that ice machine to be think repaired about or replaced with process, the same one. Travis. Yes, I know. Like the show quality is going to fall. My children bought me an ice machine for Father's Day one year. It might be the nicest thing anybody's ever given me. Like that <laughs> that ice machine is the equivalent of like you know the the stories about how. Van Halen, part of their contract <laughs> the writer. writer was you had to remove the green M&Ms from the dressing room. Yeah. That ice machine is basically your rider. That's it. It's a one-item rider. <laughs> Have pellet ice. It's <laughs> the right? only thing in your contract. <laughs> I, I, I'm distraught. I, I, you, you may have to take over for the rest of no, the day. I'm serious. Like If they don't involve you in the process, <laughs> if that thing ends up being replaced as opposed the to repaired. The only thing that's better than the pellet ice, there's one thing, that for, and I'm talking like large-scale ice production. I'm not talking for a cocktail or anything like that. I'm talking just for your daily ice, ice use, which is important to me. The only thing that's better, and it's very hard to find, and you usually have to buy one of those big industrial things to get it done, are the ice cubes that are shaped like little bells that they got the little cusp mm-hmm. at the top, the little edge and the slight depression at the top. That's a game changer. <laughs> that that now that probably ice machine probably costs five grand. So I don't think we're getting that in here. But uh, this brings out the diva in you. Yes, it's important. Like, <laughs> look, like we've talked about with the bread being important in a sandwich. Which ice goes in which drink is terribly important. Some things cubes are fine. Sometimes you want the sphere. Sometimes you'd like multiple regular ice cubes. Sometimes the bell ice is exactly what you need. Are we crushing the ice? Are we going to chew on the ice? There's a lot of variables. I'm not joking. If you started a YouTube channel about this, <laughs> people would watch. You would like this place I went to this weekend. It's called The Nice Guy. Uh, it's in... Uh I can't remember what, what kind of ice did they have so ice is I can't remember exactly <laughs> I think it was like for these big cocktails like the big round ball ice mm-hmm. they imprint their name yeah, that's the cool. nice guy into the ice that's I like so that. cool that is cool I'm telling you this is your channel this is a good idea <laughs> Chapino and ice <laughs> that's would, the name of my channel like, your enthusiasm would come through because okay. like the the Obviously, the biggest goal is to try to get the widest audience possible. Sure. But if you can't get that, what really matters is 
hardcore niche audience. Yes. Yeah. So like, there's um the, the Reddit is great for this. I know Reddit's great for a lot of things, but Reddit's great for this because I wanted to find the best vacuum for the cheapest amount of price that will last me a long time and that has great suction. And I go on to TikTok and Hoover. I find so this one. It's actually not Hoover. It's <laughs> a very different Warwick. thing. No. Uh, and it, it, it there was this TikTok Dyson. Reddit page that just <laughs> broke down everything and had all these charts and all this stuff of like bang for buck on all these vacuums and I'm like that's amazing I love that I did a whole thing and, and maybe this could be my opening episode of my Chapino and Ice channel I tried to you know like when you make ice you put you get an ice tray in your fridge or the ice maker in your fridge the ice is cloudy there's air trapped in the ice right how and when but when you go to a bar the ice is clear. crystal clear. You know how hard it is to make ice that's crystal clear? There's a whole process you have to go through. And I tried to do it at home, and I got like 90% clear, and I was so deeply disappointed in myself that I couldn't get that last part of the air. Your channel is you making ice at home. You're trying different ice makers, ice trays. You bring in as guests some of the greatest ice makers in the world, (laughs) like some of the greatest ice makers in the ice industry. Like this. This is a real show. Um, so We're going to bring Mr. Igloo. <laughs> he's going to come in here and give well, us that sweeps break. It should be called uh, the Minutia. Or you can also just, you don't, you're not pigeonholed into just oh. ice. It can be all the minutiae of your life. Well, I got, I got months worth of ice content. No, no, no. <laughs> ice Ice Baby. That's the name of this show. Like, the, the, don't, don't overcomplicate it. This is the show. But then I'm, th- I'm thinking three years in the line, you're not going to have so much ice content three, three, three years in the You might be surprised. <laughs> you, you, you might be surprised. Like, I just don't want to pigeonhole you. How to repair an ice machine. How, when, do, when is a block of ice the right choice? There's a week's worth ice of shows. Ice sculptures. Ice sculpture. What's the proper way to use an ice sculpture? Oh, dude, vanilla ice as your guest. <laughs> ice, ice cube, cube ice, ice tea, <laughs> ice spice. Like, there's so many different guests. Maddie ice. Let, let, let's table this. I don't want to give away all these. D-Lo, good ideas. ice in my veins. <laughs> like, there's a lot. We got to cross over his podcast. This is like this is this is done. This is this is. We've got months worth of. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Diamond, come on, man! That's your title, Love on the Rock. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do this. All right, um, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I was reading something this morning about Shohei and the the home run that he hit off of JP uh, Frierson in batting practice the other day, and. They were talking about how after this, the batting practice session was over, Otani did not discuss anything with the assembled media, which he rarely does. He, he does not talk to the media very often. So most of the media, when they were allowed back into the clubhouse after the day was done, they went to Frierson and were kind of like, hey, you know, breaking down the entire thing. The, the piece included a, a, a description of there were more than a few eye rolls among, among the Dodger personnel, both staffers and players, about like, seriously, the guy hits a home run in batting practice and there's this crush going on. And I think that's going to take some getting used to for the Dodgers because in Anaheim with the Angels, Otani could go about his business in the way he goes about his business, and his teammates would have to field the questions all. But because the Angels were never kind of in the mix, it never became a thing. I think this could become a thing. 
Shohei Otani has to be the leader of this team, whether he wants to be or not. I think he does want to be, but even if he's a reluctant leader, he's going to be the leader because he makes $700 million. He's the best player on their team. He's the best player in baseball. He's the face of the entire sport, both in this country and internationally. He's the most famous baseball player walking the planet right now. And there's a lot of barriers to the leadership, not insurmountable ones, but number one, there's there's a language gap. There's a cultural gap. He's a new guy on a new team, which always takes a little bit of, a, of an on-ramp to kind of do it. And quite frankly, I don't know if he had to do it in Anaheim or not. That there just there was nothing to lead. The team was bad, and I, I think that's one of the few questions about Otani going into this season: is what is that going to look like? Because he's never had to do it before in the major leagues. Yeah, and if it's not going to be him, who is it? Can you have a leader? And look, I remember when I covered the Kobe Pow era, like very closely. It was around those teams all the time. Kobe was obviously the guy that everybody took their cues from most. Yep. His voice mattered the most. His actions mattered the most. And he was clearly the best player on that team. But Derek Fisher was always kind of the conscience of that team and somebody that I think spoke with a different type of gravitas. And Lamar Odom was by far the emotional leader of that team. So you can have different voices and sort of different tiers that matter. And maybe it's either Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman or somebody like Kershaw's that. Kershaw's going to have a say about it because sure. he's he's been this person for the yeah. last 10 years. Right. Uh, could be Kershaw. I, mean, I was thinking more along the lines of everyday guys, but mm-hmm. Kershaw obviously has you know status in that organization, in that clubhouse. You know, I think what matters is how comfortable or willing is Otani to do this at all? You know, how much of an adjustment is it for him? How much comfort needs to be gained? You know, does it have to happen this year? You know, can this year be kind of a feeling out process? And next year is where he starts think, asserting himself. I don't think more? when you make seven hundred million bucks and you're the face of the the, the sport, you get a feeling well, out only process. Two mil. Right, that you don't get an on ramp when you're this. You get an on ramp when if all of a sudden you show up and you're a phenom, you're brand new, nobody quit. You are a known commodity. Maybe not in that clubhouse. But throughout the world, there's expectations. Whether you want him or not, he's got to do it. Well, again, but he can, he's got time to grow into it. He's, he's there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I think the structure of this team means he doesn't necessarily have to do it all, like the finished version of it, right away. That being said, though, you know, because Otani is known for being exceptionally private. Yes. Like by design, aggressively private. They didn't tell us the name of his dog. Right. <laughs> And, you know, there's been those questions about with an organization like the Dodgers, how much of himself is he just going to be willing to put out there, period, on any level? Because whether you're talking about leadership, marketing, whatever, it's important. This video that Jorge tweeted out. Yeah, where I have the sound. Where, play it, but Otani and Yamamoto learning Spanish. Well, play it. I think there's something positive just in this. Dile, buenos días. Buenos días. Dodgers. Sí, buenos días, fanáticos. Fanáticos? Sí, fanáticos. Fans. Fanático? Fanáticos. Buenos días, fanáticos. Sí. Llama. Hey. Buenos días. Buenos días. Buenos días. There you go. Buenos días, people. They must listen to our show. Buenos días. Exactly. Buenos días. They sound pretty good. They do sound pretty good. And the fact that they, he takes his time to like, wait, how do you say it again? Yeah, that's pretty cool. But like, look, I will admit, I did not follow the ins and outs of the Angels 
the way an Angels fanatic might. But fanaticos. Been, fanaticos. Fanaticos. Like the uh, fanaticos de <laughs> angels. <laughs> but like that feels, that clip feels more of Otani showing himself in those 10 seconds than we got from Otani in what, seven years? In Six, Anaheim? yeah. Six? Yeah. That may be, I don't want to read too much into it, but that may be a positive sign of Otani if not meeting the Dodgers halfway, meeting them a third of the way. So like I think the start of it. I think that's it. That they're to put the two things together, right? The, the eye rolling that was reportedly happening because he hits a home run in BP, and everybody wants to break down the pitcher that threw the pitch to him goofing around with his teammates right him having a, a video where he's trying to learn a third language right he's trying to communicate with his teammates in spanish he's trying to communicate with the fans in spanish he's trying to communicate with the fans in english and his teammates in english and just that the eye rolling will come towards the the press and oh my god guys can you leave us alone we're done with this as opposed to the eye rolling being directed at their teammate because he's never around to do it there's a there's the, the who the eye rolling is directed at i think matters a great deal i can give a really good example with this i covered the 2007 dodgers for the la times uh, brian and i did the la times blog for mm -hmm. that team that team is hands down the worst clubhouse or locker room I've ever been in. Is that the Jeff Kent team? That, that was the year, remember, where there was that big, very open schism between the veteran players oh, and, Joe like, Torrey. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. kids right. of you know Kemp and Russell Martin and, and that group, James Loney. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that the veterans did that was really, really bad with that group is they were never they would never make themselves available for media. Unless they, maybe unless they won games, but certainly if they lost and if it was a bad loss, and they always leave it to guys like Kemp and Ethier and Russell Martin and Loney, like they were the guys that always had to do the talking, which is the exact opposite of what you expect from a veteran. And those guys didn't have the gravitas in that locker room to publicly roll their eyes, but I know for a fact they were privately rolling them a lot. So now the question is, how many games are they going to win? We know who's going to pitch in the first two in Korea. We think that's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. And speaking of baseball, let's talk a little bit about prize picks, right? The NBA gets going again tomorrow night. And you can get in prize picks and you pick your more or less on your NBA players as well. This is what prize picks is all about. This is why I love prize picks. This is why I'm part of the biggest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. There's the easy gameplay, the quick withdrawals, the huge selections of players and stat options but it's the ease right more or less for instance here's a little one i got going on right now in major league baseball futures shohei otani more or less than 38 and a half home runs juan soto more or less than 35 and a half home runs aaron judge more or less than 44 and a half home runs if i get that right i will win five times my money that's it at price picks pick between two and six players and you can win up to 10 times your money put that price picks app on your phone use the code 710 that's code 710 on that price picks ass for a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars price picks pick more pick less it's that easy. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. A couple of other uh, suggestions on my impending YouTube celebrity where I become the the ice guy on on uh, social media. Real Mott writes, you're right about ice. I watched a video called How to Make Every Cocktail, and the first thing the host who is a bartender says is, ice is the most important part. Do not use ice from your freezer. Right. I don't make this stuff up. I've done the research. I know what matters. I know what makes it better or worse. The ice matters. I'm telling you, this is your lane. Like, this is your passion. You really care about this deeply. $8 Squatter writes, for the name of the channel, the Iceman comments. (laughs) Pretty pretty darn good. good. That's good. Pretty darn good. Ice Ice Baby's still really good. Love on the Rocks is not a bad choice along the way. The The problem with Love on the Rocks, though, is you won't know exactly what it means just by looking at the title. (laughs) True. True. Ice. When that good ice, SEO, ice so you know when you type into Spotify, you want to be you're the first thing that comes up yeah. and not right. you know ice. It's not, ice a, it's not a good the, SEO. The Iceman comments may be the leader in the clubhouse right now. It's pretty eight, good. Eight dollar squatter hat tip to you. Well done. Uh, a little bit of Laker news right here. Um, LeBron James has an excused absence, is not at practice today. He will meet with the team in San Francisco. And Darvin Ham also not at practice today uh, with what is being described as a personal matter. So I, we weren't entirely sure that LeBron was going to play tomorrow night against the Warriors, um, but he is not with the team currently. He will meet them uh, up north tomorrow. He may or may not play along the way, but this is just kind of the LeBron James experience at this point, right? Well, the fact that he is planning to meet the team is theoretically a good sign. You know, we were talking uh, during the break when I saw this news, my immediate reaction was I both hope and don't hope that the reason LeBron's excuse is he's getting treatment on that ankle. Like, there's a part of me that wants that to be the reason and a part of me that doesn't what want What part that. wants you to be? Because then it's just a really simple explanation. Like, he, there's no reason for it's him ankle to... ankle sore. Right. Yeah. There's no reason for him to practice if he's been getting treatment anyway. Just treat the ankle. LeBron doesn't really need to practice this particular day. And the reason you don't want it true. Because I'm concerned that today won't be enough treatment. (laughs) (laughs) I can't play. Yeah, look, this kind of brings us to what... But he had multiple days other than the All-Star game off, and he's still needing treatment. Okay. Why? If if his ankle is tender enough to where he's on the fence... and, And look, if we're being optimists here, maybe it's just one of those things, like you said, that for... From now until whenever the last day of LeBron James's career comes up, he's going to be on the fence every time because that's just how they're going to work this. But if he he didn't play against Utah right before the break, he may or may not play tomorrow against Utah. Yet in the middle, there was a 400-point 
debacle that was played where he didn't play a lot, but he did participate in it. It's a bad look. It, that's, just, that's just, I know it's not, it's only 10 minutes or 11 or whatever the, the official count tomorrow, was. Right, it, it's just, I'm sorry, the Warriors. That I, I, I get all of those things, but it just looks like, you know what, that that's the thing that you spent whatever healing time you yeah. could have used, that you used it on that. It's, it just looks like crap. If multiple days before and after those 13 minutes of treatment weren't enough to make you pretty definitive about playing in that game. And look, if he ends up playing, this is all much ado about nothing. But if he ends up missing that game, as much as I get that LeBron feels a responsibility for these sort of events and good for him, it's bad judgment. You shouldn't be playing in the game. And I I, I understand what you mean, like a sense of responsibility. He... He's still the face of the league, right? He's yeah. still the most famous person in that league. He's one of the most famous people walking the planet at the moment. I understand <laughs> that. Does anybody care if LeBron James plays 13 minutes where he's smiling at everybody, running up and down the court, throwing lobs, shooting threes, and not playing basketball? Is that is that something he has to participate in? It, he does not have to. I, I get, I legitimately get why LeBron would feel an obligation towards it. But again, if multiple days off before those 13 minutes and after those 13 minutes aren't enough he just shouldn't have been playing and what's weird is the game tomorrow night against golden state could is oddly important the lakers have a game and a half lead on golden state right now the lakers in nine golden state at 10 but they're, you don't have to squint too hard to, to land on. Both of these teams are in the play-in. And you'd rather play this game at home than on the road. And, and you certainly – eight. here's some very deep insight, Andy. Seven's better than eight. Eight's better than nine. Nine's better than ten. Right? And it, it's But it matters a lot. Each one has a significantly worse chance of advancing along the way. And a game against Golden State tomorrow night could ultimately end up being really important. The Lakers still have three games left against Golden State. Like Golden in terms, State's hot. Yeah, in terms of figuring out tiebreaker, stuff like that. I would like to think, by the way, because if the Lakers and Warriors are 9-10, that means definitionally one of them is not in the playoffs, yep. which is not what the league wants at all. I'd like to think they're going to do the right thing. And if it starts getting close to that, they do some of the tampering and the rigging that everybody thinks the league <laughs> the does anyway. Yeah, the script. <laughs> you know, they, you, you you move Sacramento to the nine seat. I'm sorry. And you move the Lakers up to eight. Just through uh, commissioner decree? Well, it's what David Stern would have done. <laughs> David Stern, he ran things with an iron fist. If you're going to veto the Chris Paul deal... You do this. Okay, look, I, I get it <laughs> that that's not what anybody wants, but here, here's the thing, and we criticize a lot when stuff happens that doesn't work, and we're like, oh, that was a terrible idea. Why'd you ever do that? The play-in is awesome. It's great. And and, and here's, here's the only part I can't quite separate from it. Because, unfortunately, the Lakers have been a regular participant in, in the play-in or being in or out of the play-in. I don't know if it's because the team that we all spend so much time talking about is constantly involved in it or whether it's as good as I think it it's is. It's great. I mean, it's first of all, it's great because it keeps the regular season more trenchant for more teams as long as possible. So it makes it so fewer teams, between that and some of the flattened odds for the lottery, it keeps the regular season more important there's more urgency for it for a longer period but secondly like those play-in games are exciting like at most you have two opportunities to get in the playoffs for some teams it's 
one just to stay alive like it's really exciting they're played with desperation yes. which the use and i know that they're trying to do it with the ist i know that they're trying to create more but you cannot simulate desperation you, you can't do it well, you can say tonight's important if we but if there's a difference between this is it if you lose and hey listen we got to really buckle down because we're running out of time i mean it, depending on how you look at it last year when the lakers made that run post trade deadline you know post all-star one of the things fueling them was desperation mm -hmm. because remember they were like six games or so below 500 like the lakers didn't end up above 500 for like the entire season until i think something like game 70 like it took it took a, <laughs> it took long, a long time yeah this year's team obviously is trying to get up to six if possible seven or eight like whatever but they're four games above 500 like the same desperation depending on how you look at it good or bad is not there for this year's team as last not, year not yet not and i wonder as we get closer to the end of the line and you're still in that eight nine ten area if that desperation doesn't start to creep in a little bit four new entries all from the same person for Ooh. the name of the pod you ready hooper's x coming in strong ice to meet you <laughs> that's not bad <laughs> have a nice day not bad and simple but I, I i kind of i kind of like that one the ice of life <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like that that's and really good icy does it <laughs> none of those are bad i like the ice of life best ice of life more than the Iceman comments yes i ice of life it is that's ice the leader in the clubhouse at the moment factor caps coming up next it's travis lee 710 espn all right, Jorge's running in. Oh, my gosh. It's fact. It's fact. It's oh, no. It's oh, no. It's fact. All right. So, hey, guys. <laughs> Jorge's never late. Um, so, yesterday, I want to give a quick shout out to- Somebody broke the ice machine. Yeah, I had exactly. to go. I had to By go the way, Greg, have, you, have you gotten, have you ordered the new one yet? Yes. It broke. I I was. Oh, so Greg, you broke, broke it. it. No, last break I went in there. You know how often I'm in there, right? Yeah. Hit the button, like ten little, little pellets fell out, and then it went and just shut down. Oh, fantastic! So please Stepha. order another one today. Stefa. <laughs> I, I was saying, Unsung Travis hero. is going to demand to be a part of this process. This is really important. You should be. I'll put you on an email. Okay. Make sure you respond. You can head the committee. Yeah, I, I will be chairperson of said committee. Yes, so this is important. I want to give a shout out to the West Hollywood Aquatic Center because I got there yesterday and I come in. They always play music. They play, uh, and it's usually like top 20s, but sometimes it's oldies, whatever. It's great. So I walk in and they're playing uh, Taylor Swift. I said, like, that's fun. And then I realized they had just Taylor Swift on for an entire hour. And I was like, thank you, West Hollywood Aquatic Center. I love that. It motivated me to swim. And no one else complained, so don't worry about it. All right, so my first thing up is uh, Kelly Kelsey in the. Do you want to say something? No, I'm just <laughs> no. processing something. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Kelsey in the Amazon documentary about her family last year, the Jason Kelsey documentary. Um, she talked about how she doesn't want to wear something from the other team at all. So I'm going to play a little clip from that right now. To be clear, like I am like an Eagles fan to the extent of like if Jason ever went and played for another team, I would wear Kelsey. I would not wear another team's stuff. Like I, I gen, like I've thought about that a number of times. Where like I just, I couldn't do it. Like, All right, so she would not. She refused to wear any Chiefs gear in the sweet box. This uh, is the mother or the wife? The sister. This is sister. the wife oh, oh, okay. of of Jason Kelsey. This is Kylie Kelsey. Got it. Um, so she, this year, she would wear Cincinnati Bearcat stuff to support, and it was red, but it never said Chiefs. So she, she's a huge Eagles fan. She's from Got the it. Philadelphia area. She met Jason and um, fell in love. 
So she doesn't do that any of that stuff. So you consciously think about wearing another team's gear. So, you know, someone gives you a Angel jersey to wear to an Angel game, you consciously think I'm not going to do that because I'm a Dodger fan. Travis Fettercap. Uh well, you used a very specific example, so I'm going to say fact. Like there, there are a couple of things I would choose not to wear because I don't want to support that. But if I'm indifferent toward, like if you said to me, "Put on the Angels jersey," I would choose not to. When we went, right. Greg, to the the Dodger Angel game, yep. uh, I wore my Dodger hoodie and my Dodger cap because. Right. But if it were, I were in Cleveland and somebody said, "Put on a Guardians cap," all right, I don't care. I mean, that's it, it, no real skin off my nose. But there are things I would avoid, but not anything other than my favorite. Team. Berg? Yeah, it's fact. I mean, I I'm not gonna wear any other team that I don't like. I'm I'm not like DeAndre for the fit. Like he wears San Francisco Giants. Why'd you hats. say it like that? Because he wears it for the fit. That's what he says. It's it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. Well, and I don't care think about baseball. On that. So he doesn't. He doesn't, wanna, he right, doesn't exactly. I think so. if it was an Eagle, like an NFL thing, I think he would care a little bit. Yeah, he. Um, I don't he's know. An Eagles fan. I don't know. I understand he's an Eagles fan, but he, yeah, I don't wear any other teams, and I don't think any friend. If I was in Cleveland and they said you have to wear this Guardians hat, I I won't go to the game. Where I, does DeAndre wear? Do I, would DeAndre Why? Woodward? Why? Because he likes the fit. Uh, I was hoping you said for the fit. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it for the fit. There, there you, you go. go. You can, now, now you have clean. it in uh, clean. I, I mean, it's fact in the sense of if I don't like a team, I don't see any reason to wear their right. gear. But I was thinking about this thing with uh, Jason Kelsey's wife. Like, my wife is a diehard Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Like, she cares deeply about the Cowboys. If I were in the NFL and i played for the eagles there is if and the eagles went to the super bowl and she was in like whatever teammate box whatever you call she's it she's in like, jeffrey Lurie's suite yes <laughs> there is no way in hell she would wear an eagles jersey <laughs> right. like first of all if I, I there's a 50-50 chance that if i got either traded to the eagles drafted by the eagles she'd divorce me <laughs> like I'm, I'm not joking but there is not a chance in hell if i said look honey the own, the, the Lurie's need you to wear this jersey say well then just tell him i can't come for whatever reason <laughs> she would refuse to do that that's great jorge i only do that with like international soccer jerseys because they look cool you know different ones for i do fit. it for the fit <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you gotta match it with the shoes or whatever but other than that like if it's not like you'll see i'm not gonna wear a galaxy jersey or whatever so right. exactly all right so uh the Orlando airport put out this tweet, and <laughs> this is uh, what they are describing in this tweet. It says, experience MCO, which is the uh, acronym for the Orlando airport, in an all-new way. No boarding pass? No problem. Apply for an experience MCO gate pass and spend the day at Terminal C. Enjoy delicious local flavors. Check out immersive art and shop items that remind you of your favorite city, which is beautiful. Okay. So they're giving away a pass where you don't have to have a ticket to go to the airport. That you can buy a pass. I'm assuming you're still going through TSA, but you're going to Terminal C to enjoy the fine cuisine of the Orlando airport. <laughs> All right. So my, my statement is this means Orlando. This means Orlando is lame. <laughs> cap. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. I'll go with fact. I mean, they're trying to get people to do something in Orlando that's not Disney World. They're I think. like say, come to our airport. That's so lame. <laughs> Look, if someone, if you want to be different from every other airport in the history of the world and be like look we're a place we're a destination like there's a shanghai airport or the dubai airport that is an airport that has a lot of really interesting things inside of it and it's very beautiful but no one's going to those airports because oh i want to check out the cuisine right (laughs) i understand what you're saying i just think that if they want to do something a little bit different and think that if people may just want to come to their airport to make it a destination good luck it's not going to happen but they're trying something, I guess. Orlando's lame. Andy. I, I, 
<laughs> is Orlando lame? I mean, that's fact regardless of this. <laughs> right. Every time I've Florida gone to Orlando, I've, I've thought it was lame. FedEx or UPS. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wonder if this isn't even so much an attempt to create an event as it is, okay, you're traveling in Orlando, you know, rather than, uh, I don't know, getting to the airport like an hour or two before or whatever, like, here, we're giving you an opportunity to just make it a relaxing day with the family. You don't have to rush around. Get here early, and we can give you things to do at the airport and just make the airport a more relaxed experience. Because there's no way people are going to say, all right, I'm visiting Orlando for a week. I got to give myself an extra day at the airport. <laughs> well, they like, said that's not going to happen. She did say that there's you don't need a boarding pass. So you're going there with yeah, they're, no they're, boarding they're, pass. They're, tra- they're targeting the non-traveler. Right. They're targeting the Orlando residents. Hey, yes. come check out the fine cuisine in Terminal but it, C. But again, these uh, I, <laughs> I suspect this is more about travelers. I could be wrong. That's but, not what the promo says. Right, but they, <laughs> they may want to try to open it up to some locals to maybe try it one time. I suspect long-term this is about actually traveling. Don't like Disneyland? Yeah. Come to the airport. <laughs> this is 100% fact. that Your statement that this means Orlando is lame is a fact. Because, first of all, the, the, the best airport experience is the one you don't even remember, right? You only remember the bad airport experiences where security sucked, the gate changed, the flights. Like, no one has a good time at the airport. It's just a, a burden that you have to deal with at any given point. So that, that they're trying to pull you into that environment, A, is a huge miss. Number two... What exactly is the local flavor of Orlando? <laughs> that, that, like if I told Orlando you, style pizza. If I told Disneyland you, food, Yola Park, the man, local flavors of New Orleans. You know what that means. I know it. The local flavors of Chicago. We know that sausages and deep dish pizza. The local flavors of San Diego. We know what that what is. What is that? Right. That's Mexican food, fish tacos, burritos. Okay. It, that's Three. what it is. Orlando? What the hell is it? I mean, what, <laughs> okay, what is it? I, corn dogs and cotton candy? I just did a quick search. What food is Orlando known for? What came up at the top? No signature dish is exclusively associated with Orlando, but some commonly enjoyed by locals and visitors include fried alligator, conch fritters, and Cuban cuisine. My sister did go to the alligator. Miami. If Cuban cuisine belongs in Miami and Havana. Well, they're <laughs> glomming right, on. Right. Orlando's glomming on. So my sister who lives in Orlando, she goes to school at UCF. So she uh, has gone to the alligator mu- museum zoo thing. It's one thing to do. All she does is go to parks and attractions as her free time, which is fun and great. Oh. Have fun, Maggie. That's tell, Central? tell her to try out Terminal C and tell us about it. <laughs> uh, Jorge, what do you think uh, of this? Cap, uh, Orlando's awesome. If, oh, okay. if you want to take your hyena to Denny, and he's, hey, you have an option now. Take her to the Sabaro. Sabaro Pizza in there is great. Plus, you're going to fool her thinking you're going to take her on a nice trip or something. But you're like, hey, girl, I got you uh, some pizza and lasagna. Counterpoint. <laughs> Come on, it's a date night. Central Florida is known for its entertainment scene and theme parks, but it's also starting to get more recognition for its food scene. Wallet Hub compared 180 of the nation's largest cities to determine best foodie cities in America, and Orlando is at the top of the list. Wallet Hub is a crock. Yeah, <laughs> who they ask? Orlando is on the short list of cities when you tell people, hey, I got to take a trip. Oh, where are you going? Um, if you said New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Portland, Francisco. San Francisco, they're like, oh, cool, Orlando. Oh, man, I'm sorry. They're- or they know one thing, and that's going to Disneyland, Disney World, and which is a fine thing to go to Disney World with your family and stuff. It's really fun. But they know exactly oh. what you're doing when you go to Orlando. Okay. Um, Reading further on this, one big reason from Wallet Hub with Orlando 
based in Orlando. Most ice cream and frozen yogurt shops. Yeah. Okay. Disneyland. Hey, I like not all exact, that stuff. I like it too, but that's not a food <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, I, I love ice cream and yogurt. You're coming in yogurt. from Italy. You've never been to America before. Hey, Orlando. Garlic knots of Sabaro. It's a different. I got one more for you guys. Put the gummy bears on it. Rainbow sprinkle. So... This weekend, um, I went to go to a nice restaurant, and I went to go see a show afterwards with my friends. Uh, it did not go exactly to plan. Uh, my friends were a little late. The The service took a long time. We nearly missed the show because they said no late entry, and so we got there right when it started, and we were almost not allowed in, and it was stressing me out. And I tried to I tried to um, be someone that's oh it's fine it's fine the, you guys know me that's not how I was portraying myself as I so, didn't think that that was how it went down. <laughs> you consider yourself someone that goes with the flow, Andy Fetter Cap. Yeah, generally I am. Uh, I consider myself pretty much that way. I maybe am not as much as I used to be when I was younger, just because I have more responsibilities now. Like there. There are more stress points in my life, but I, I, I'm somebody who plans out the things that I need to, and I've become very organized, but in a perfect world, I would love to just let the water take me wherever it goes. Yeah, you're the Swiss Army knife of the station, uh, Travis. Absolutely are. Um, I, I think that's fact, because I, I almost out of necessity- that Susan is the, the one. Go with the flow with ice. Okay, Susan's the one that swims against the current. Right, like she she's going to through her force of will and personality try to get it to go the way that she wants it to go. And so you can't have two people that want it to go like that. Yeah, you, you have to have the other person needs to be. Oh, that's fine. We can do whatever you want to do. Occasionally, if I have a specific idea in mind, I want to try to execute right. that. But generally speaking, yes, I think I can go with the flow. Okay, Greg. Yes, I very much think that I go with the flow, and probably too much. I I think it probably would need I to be a little. I think sometimes I do too. Yeah, I think need to be a little bit more assertive. Assertive. I think that's a, a thing just in life and in work and in dating and all of that things. Being more assertive is better, and I'm not. I think I go with the flow too much, and that can be a problem in some situations. Jorge. Yeah, I can go with the flow, but it it the hardest part for me is getting out of the house. To try to like be like I can plan for something on the weekend, but when Saturday comes and I'm laying in that couch and I'm watching TV or whatever, right, just I'm not like, going anywhere. Oh man, like Brenda's like, hey, are you ready to go wherever we're going? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I don't. You can go. I I can <laughs> um, stay back. But if you get me out of the house for sure, I'll, I'll go with the flow. If you've seen the show on HBO called Girls, there is one character in that show called Marnie who I am exactly like. She plans this whole weekend to go to the Hamptons, and she's like, well, we would have had so much more fun if we just stuck to the plan. It tends to be <laughs> mine i try to be i try to let go a little bit but uh you know when i don't things go awry it, it sounds though according often, to you uh, yes yes according yeah. to you I mean, yeah. Yeah. every every story you ever tell is of things going awry so like <laughs> i mean do people always just ignore your plans yes people ignore my plans a lot there may be some information in that <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly they're, they're just, i'm just yeah. you know just helpful helpful like, suggestion you can, like go every time i ever hear you talk about just going to a movie yeah. like it turns into like a, a disaster i observe i've never had movies disasters come on no. Andy. No, Wait, didn't you get trapped in the parking lot yes. at one point? Yeah. <laughs> when they picked you up with that one girl that uh, 
You don't like. Oh, that's right. The, okay. the friend of the friend. Do you want me to tell just stories of me going to the movies every eighty uh, percent of the time, which is just me sitting there? But no, just, you want the no, funny story. No, but eighty percent, Emily. That's a low amount. <laughs> so the movie's working out fine. I think I'm in the ninety-seven percent, ninety-eight, like twenty percent disaster. That's a pretty high clip for just going to the movie. I don't think I actually have a movie theater bad story of oh, like something went wrong. Oh, you said you would not go to the movie theaters by yourself. So that's not going well. That, to but the that's club. I don't go by myself. Oh, it's, but it's, that's not going. It's awry. a nice little. Do you like to go to a restaurant by yourself? Uh, some nah, not really. Sometimes okay. though, I like to do things with other people. Restaurant by yourself, movie by yourself is a wonderful treat. I'm sure awesome. it's, it's a wonderful. I'm sure treat. it is. It's but great. That's, but again, yeah. it's not going awry. It just <laughs> well, it's not going to go awry if it's entirely <laughs> your, your show to run. <laughs> right, and there's exactly. no one else there. Yeah, it's going to go smoothly. The Clippers are hoping to pull a Rams. That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> This is your intro for your podcast. Might be some rights issues. I like issues. it. I like it. Um, I have a few more suggestions via Twitter for my impending um, ICE YouTube channel. All ICE on me. Oh, that's pretty good. That's <laughs> good pretty good. That's from uh, Adrian. Thank you for that, Adrian. Um, this is from Mailman Matt of Ice and Men. <laughs> that's actually like really that one. Not bad. Like that one. That's bad. good. Right. We got some. We got ice some. Guy. Ice guys and a bad one. Uh, and then there's this is from Biggie, only ice fans, <laughs> which I feel could get that could go it in a direction. It also doesn't really work as a pun. It, it doesn't work no. as a pun. So you're trying to just force it's that in. Only there. ice fans, but it's well, not actually that. ice only fans. Yeah. Is better. I'm that not is. sure it's great, yeah, but no, it's the, better. The, the positioning of the, the words makes <laughs> the it ice great father. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> All like ice on me is pretty good. All ice on me is really That's a good. good. Of of ice and men. Of is ice also and men. And he wants me to do a 1970s baseball card channel, which I would enthusiastically do at the same time. Actually, that would get an audience. I I could do a until week they all die on the 1976 Johnny Bench tops card. It's the greatest baseball card ever ever commissioned, followed closely by the 1978 Reggie Jackson tops card, where he's taking he's got the dark glasses, the big swing. It, I, you know, honestly, you do this all day long. Again, if you can find like passionate audiences, even if they're small, if they keep coming back, you can make a podcast work in that lane. Like it might not be, you know, you can. Can I cross and- the streams with ice and baseball cards? Could we make them sign? <laughs> well, Could that's we make why I said the minutia. The yeah, <laughs> these minutia things, small things that you get really in deep. On. See, I feel yeah. like you lose half your audience with <laughs> yeah. each show. You just do yeah, two different some shows. Some don't want shows. the ice. Some okay. don't want the baseball cards. It's hard to get both. Um, I want to clarify something about me going with the flow. Okay, I went, I went with the flow at the AMC Burbank, and you know what? That took me into an an. A stairwell that I didn't know how to get out of. Okay, I went with the flow. I followed my friend. I didn't tell her what to do, and look where we came. <laughs> Can I say something? You could have gone in the elevator and have them get lost, and then hey, I'll meet you in the car. Done. I was trying to go with the flow and to <laughs> not take control of the situation, and look where we ended up. If if I may, in a stairwell. <laughs> if I may, and, and uh, Andy, I'm just gonna take a step back here. And we, we you go ahead, Emily and, and I not from yeah, here. Ahead, Emily man. and I have not hung out socially before, but I, neither I've heard, have we. So she she but I've heard a lot of her stories. <laughs> Stairwells are something of a bugaboo for you. They, it's the other time. They, it feels like stairwells, elevators, like vessels that take you from are you claustrophobic to whatever. I really don't like being in close spaces with people. Yeah, yeah. with people, and if you're yeah. by yourself, is it all right? Uh, sure. Yeah. Like the points in between 
arriving in the garage up to <laughs> arriving destination. It feels like there's a lot of drama Here that happens. Here is what High happens. stakes areas. I, yes. I, I um, get uncomfortable of going to places for the first time and I don't know like where these things are. So I need to know where parking is. I need to go know how to get to this space. I get that. And I think... It was worse when I came here because sometimes the buildings here don't make any sense. When I lived in Connecticut, there wasn't an issue. The block here where I go to see the Alamo has an absolutely insane structure of its building. So, and I, I've gone to like the AMC in, uh, in Burbank, absolutely insane structure of that building too. So it's harder to, for me <laughs> here in LA I than I've had ask? to learn. What? Do I ask or do I just keep do just it. move yeah, on? Ahead, yeah, what makes a building insane? Okay. So you haven't ever okay. strong opinion. You haven't ever been to the block before, so let me just tell you. So there are no stairs in the parking garage. So uh, or there they alarm will go off, so you're not supposed to take the stairs in the parking garage. And you can only go to the fourth floor or the bottom floor. You can't go to two or three. But the Alamo happens to be on floor three. So you have to go all the way down, then back up, and you can't just go up by a couple stairs. You have to go up this way, uh, on this one escalator, walk across the courtyard, go up another escalator, go up another escalator. Okay? So I mean, that is legitimately insane. I will give you that. Trust me, the block is insane. The AMC Burbank is insane. It's hard to understand to explain how weirdly structured these buildings are. There are not easy, accessible stairs or escalators that aren't way out of your way. You get your steps in. Yes, you get your steps <laughs> yeah, in. You but when I, when I tell people to meet me at this block, I have to explain exactly what I'm trying to tell you. And they had to, then they had to call me while they're doing this. They say, I'm, I'm so lost, I don't know where to go. So maybe it's the blocks issue. Get it fixed. <laughs> you were saying, Andy, that you got you had a bad movie experience. Well, I I was thinking about it with Emily because again, the twenty percent mark sounds high to me for. Movie I see a lot of movies. I, st- Emily, I've seen a lot of movies in my day too. Twenty percent still feels high, but I remember one time where I had a, a disaster of sorts in a movie theater. There's a movie theater that no longer exists. Um, it's on La Brea. It used to show just one movie, like one huge screen. It's at like La Brea and Beverly. I can't decide now if it's an adult film house or a oh, church. Do they still have those? Yeah, I, I can't tell. Like there are times <laughs> okay. it looks like it's both. But anyway, I went to go see this movie. It was called A Life Less Ordinary with Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. It's a Danny Boyle movie. It tanked. And the reason I say it tanked is because few people saw it. I happened. I was really excited to see it because it was his first movie after Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. So I went to see it like first showing that day of a movie that ended up tanking. So there's like nobody in this theater at all, and it's a big theater. I got there after the preview started, so it was dark, and I just sat down in the back, like basically first seat I saw, and it was dark. All of a sudden, I hear this: "What are you doing?" And there was an old lady right next to the seat there. Like I did not see her. Oh, and I said, "Oh, oh, ma'am, I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't see you there. I'll I'll move." And she's like, oh, "I just I don't understand why you sat down next to me." I was like, "Ma'am, I I, I didn't apologize. See you. I didn't see you. I'm really sorry. I I will move." And she just kept berating me. And <laughs> that I'm like, old lady was me, right? <laughs> and I'm like, "Ma'am, I I did not see you there. That's why I." She's like, "It's a whole empty theater, and you would sit down next to me." I was like, "I didn't see you. <laughs> I I will get up and move." And she just fi- kept berating. I said, "You know what?" I'm not moving. Oh. <laughs> I'm not moving. We're going to cuddle up right here. <laughs> and she's like, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. She's like, you can't sit here. I said, yes, I can. And she goes, I'm going to go get an usher. I said, go get an usher. <laughs> so she goes and gets an usher and explains this. And the usher says, well, 
Ma'am, if he wants to sit here, <laughs> he can sit here. What, what time of day was this? Like a noon? Oh, this is like noon, 1130. Did she think you were being a creep or <laughs> was she so. just, yeah. Like a master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, so I. She left, by the way. <laughs> Maybe that's why the movie oh, she, she left. My brain would say those things. I, w- I would never say it out loud. I've been in those situations where like my brain is saying what that would lady says. Would you get says. up and move? I would yes. I, I, I tried to. Yeah, no, I'm talking no, in M's. If position. I was the old lady, I would personally get up and move. Because I, I try to not put my eccentricities on other. No matter how much I talk about it on the radio, I try to not put that on other people. So if I don't want to sit next to somebody in their space, I will move. So that is. But maybe when I turn 70, I'll change my mind. <laughs> you just let it rip. <laughs> I offered to move. She just kept berating me to where it became a matter of principle. <laughs> now like, now, now no. you've made me make a choice, well, lady. One percent. I was going to do the right thing, but you're not going to bully me. <laughs> And then she's like, you know, you have to move. No, I don't actually have to move. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, choosing to move. Now you've made it my problem, and I'm deciding right. that we're going to fight about this. the best part is this usher, who you can tell is just like, wait, what? I don't get paid enough for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, ma'am, he is allowed to sit here. What are you going to do? Advance on me? <laughs> you got to come by more often, Andy. We got to do this all the time. Uh, the Clippers and the Rams. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.